What's up? What's up? What's up, my people? What's up? T-Bob Bear, Brody Miller, Hold That Podcast Podcast, your number one source for all things LSU football. We break it down from every angle and mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. What a show we have for you today, Brody Miller. What's going on, man? So, how bummed are you that, uh, that like you know, after your big Monday, you know, show of emotion, yeah, after the game that Marcus Spears won up to you today, and he was more viral for it. Are you a little bummed? You oh one-ups? no, man, it's all love. It is one-ups. time. It is time to present a united front. The order of the Nega Tiger is done. If you didn't believe in the O'Hire, I don't give a damn. It's all good. Let's just all come back to the fold. No cracks in the line because we got bigger goals in Alabama. We got bigger goals than going viral for celebrating. Damn it. Uh, life get, is My goal today good. is just to bring you back down to earth a little. No, so I'm why? I'm just going to try to find How? different ways. Play a little How are you going to do it? I don't know. It's a game of battleship it's, today. It's, it's going to be impossible because there's no way. The nightmare is over. The curse is broken. The dark times are a thing of the past. And after re-watching the film, I'm just doubling down on all those feelings. Because what you witnessed on Saturday was a pole-to-pole ass-beaten, and it wasn't even as close as the final score said. Nope. LSU was clearly the better team in Tuscaloosa. And the fact that I can sit here and utter that sentence, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, Brody, it gives me no end to my satisfaction. I have been drinking salty gump tears for the last three days. And I'm still thirsty. No, I mean mainly it, because it's it's salt water. So I, it's I, obviously not gonna quench my that's thirst. Good point. Yeah. People talk about that. I mean, I've never seen a more emotional post game, post weekend from a sporting event in my life. And I, I mean like I've never seen a championship as emotional as like LSU got after that game. I mean, that was just like pure human, just like, oh my God, we finally got it done. I, I've just never seen that for a regular season game before. I don't know about you. I mean, Ed Ogeron's crying his eyes out and yep. like tackling everybody and shoving Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson and him are shoving each other back and forth, like holding each other's faces, tears down their face. I mean, it was, that was a pretty bizarre moment. Context is key. And when you look at, I mean, the day Ed Ogeron was hired, what did he say? He talked about the need to beat this team. Yep. Um, you then lose 29-0 to at home, right? Like, like the first years, whatever, it's a washer, the interim guy. The second year, you had hope. I mean, you yeah, did well. You, you, you played well. Um, we come and all that. And then you lose 29 nothing at home. That could have been a back-breaking moment. Yeah. Instead, basically a year to the day, you get revenge in their house. And not only do you clearly look like the better team, but all of a sudden the 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 program, the momentum, the health of the entire I mean, the rocket ship was already flying and now it feels like you just got some extra booster fuel. It's uh like I say, context in this scenario, context is king. And unless you've lived it and like you said, like people outside are probably wondering why LSU fans are freaking out so much about a regular season win. But unless you lived the dark times in the last eight years and suffered at the hands of the 2011 National Championship, then you don't quite know what this felt like. And cause that's the thing. It's so many facts. Like, even in just a, and if, you, if you're just looking at it in a vacuum, just aside from any emotion, 
this is the biggest win in college football this year. So you start there. Yeah. Then you just add in the fact that it's a rivalry and it's a long-running rivalry. So this win, if it's two versus three, is going to mean even more. And then you add in the eight years of pain and just kind of embarrassment and just genuinely feeling like you can't do it. And then also, I don't like when you're talking about Ed's emotion, Ed Ogeron's emotion. You can't leave out the fact that like this also ties into how big it is for him that he's a guy who everyone assumed just wasn't that smart, wasn't yep. that great a coach, going against the guy who people consider the smartest coach ever, and for him to be like, F you, like, I can beat you, and pretty handily, well, not handily, but, you know, convincingly. Convincingly. Yeah, I mean, that it's just like this, cor- been this cornucopia of just build-up and emotion, and it was just kind of an all-time explosion, and yeah, they flat out, I mean, LSU and Ohio State are clearly the two best teams in the country, and Ohio State, I mean, LSU is just... Top to bottom, pretty damn good. I mean, what's Edo's record against the top ten now since twenty sixteen? Nine and one. He's like eight and one, I think. Yeah, in his last nine or something like that. Eight and one now. I thought this might have pushed him to nine. Um, Either way, and and, but but even that stat, even that stat, what was the qualifier on it previous to this game? It was like, yeah, but none of those wins have come against Alabama. Yes, absolutely. Right? It was like, yeah, yeah, you won these games, but like, have you beat the big dogs? And they did it in Tuscaloosa. And you did it Which in Which my theory time. wins. My th- I've been saying on this show all year, if they're ever going to do it, I think it's in Tuscaloosa. Well, there fault. you go. Uh, it just It's like lucky things. for you then that Joe Burrow timed up with them traveling <laughs> yeah, no. to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's totally the theory. It's not <laughs> anything else. <laughs> it's nothing else. Oh my guy. Damn, he was good. Okay, so we're going to dive into yeah, it. Let's do it. I've got a lot of thoughts. i got a lot. You've got thoughts. Um, I'm going to guess my thoughts are better than yours. Um, in case you don't know, Brody, I played college football, okay? So, you know, think about that. Um, I'm just kidding. I hate that, to be clear. Should uh, be on the all-decade team, though. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, no, no, no. Not even close. <laughs> um, okay, this is what else I was going to say. Real quick, uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Nice. Brody does incredible work. Yeah. Uh, the Athletic is so worth it. Everybody's signing up now. Talk to almost anybody or friends that love sports. You know you want to subscribe to The Athletic. It's great. Uh, go buy your meats at yes. Bear Specialty Meats at Prairieville, and uh, and 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 the Bocage off of Jefferson Highway, that, that little South Bocage, a great area. Now, let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, we will start. Where do I want to start? I, I say we go chronologically. First, with, before we get to the game itself, I want to start first Uh-oh. with my experience Saturday. Yeah, do because it. Because it was one of the best memories, um, and a memory in a day. Regardless, Alabama could come back, somehow get another shot, and beat you in the playoff, and they could never take away this day. Um, it was incredible. Uh, that we were, I was just a classic yeah, scene for us, man. Louisiana setting, as you will find. Beautiful weather yeah. in the suburbs, over at the neighbor's house, in the backyard, kids running around What's everywhere. What's the backyard set up? Uh, got a little patio, a little TV patio like action it. back yeah. there, yard for the kids to run around, um, and 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 I don't want to just like reinforce gender roles here, but it was one of those setups. <laughs> where, like you know the the guys are watching football, and a lot of the, yeah. then the wives are talking and kind of taking care of the kids. And during halftime, all the dads are going to kid duty, and then switch back off. You got gumbo cooking, you got jambalaya cooking. Um, just a classic slice of Americana. Who's the famous kind of Rose Tin and Lindsay's American painter? Why am I blanking right now? Norman Rockwell? Yes. Yeah. Norman Rockwell, if he was from Louisiana, would paint this scene. <laughs> That's my rapper name. Um, and, 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 and then what took place from there was a four hour roller coaster of excitement, 
frustration, anger, happiness, celebration, dejection, just a it's it the it, 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 the ability of sports to make you feel the emotions and the highs and lows that I did Saturday are what makes sports so much fun. So we had like 300 purple and gold jello shots after every turnover or score everybody's taking jello shots. Um at one point during the game when Clyde scored in the fourth, I got so fired up. I straight up just pancaked my neighbor and went to chest bump and just ran him over. Yeah. After Little I knew wins. they'd won, when they got the first down, I picked up one of my other neighbors chest to chest and was swinging him around his feet in the air like he was a child, just pure, uh, pure exultation. And so paint the picture for me at thirty three twenty seven. What's it like for you there? It felt. It felt. I, I was so and and okay. That's a great segue because. And to be clear, that win for me personally, I think for a lot of people, both whatever, like guys that I played with, just fans, everybody, the healing can finally complete, right? You had a little bit of an open sore left, and this was kind of the final piece of the puzzle. Um, where was it at, 33-27? Do you know where it was at? Full faith in Joe Burrow. I said this on Were Monday. you actually calm? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Joe Burrow um, is a Marvel superhero. Right? You go watch these Marvel movies, and no matter how bad it looks, no matter how threatened the world looks, how dark things look for the hero, you know the hero's going to win at the end of the day. That's what you paid to see. Like, you literally paid to just watch an exciting beat him up where the hero automatically wins at the end of the game. That sort of irrational faith is the faith that I have watching Joe Burrow play football right now. When he missed those throws in the third quarter, I turned to my buddy and said, look, man, think about it this way. Nobody is more mad than Joe Burrow that he missed those throws. There's a shot of him slamming and the turf after exactly. one of them. And, and what does Joe Burrow do when he's mad? He rises to the occasion. And, and you saw it again. He is your Iron Man. He's your Captain America. I just have a rational faith in him right now. It doesn't matter what's going on. I believe he will get it done. And time and time again this season, he has rewarded that irrational faith. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Okay, there have been better. I want to be very clear. There have been better football seasons, like in you know, and Heisman winners. You know, I think your Cam Newtons come to mind. Things like that. Tim Tebow for like there have been better Heisman yes. seasons. I can't think of another one where I've just seen it because there's a difference between like a Heisman season statistics domination, but also, but this is just I can't think of a time I've ever seen a quarterback this just. 100% on it in tune every moment every major moment you just know he's you know he's been he's come from behind in some of these games he's been yep. shoot out some of these games and he has just been truly like I'm I'm reiterating everything you just said but so unflappable it's kind of crazy yep. where he has yet to make a single this is not an exaggeration and it drives me crazy to say this he has not made a real mistake in a major, in a major moment this season and he's been in a lot of major moments this season it's a great point four i know i understand that some of these wins don't look as good now but Four different top four of his nine games he's played this season have been top ten matchups. That also, is bonkers. Let's let's accept the fact. Yes, yeah, some of them don't look as good now. And but that's not the point. We, anyway, but. Yeah, yeah, but we do have to always accept the reality. If when you're counting top ten wins, the team that didn't get the top ten win <laughs> lost the game. So like they're that much closer to being <laughs> yeah. out. The well, top I'm a believer 10, right? that like, when you're like the college football playoff committee and you're making your picks, yes, yeah. the grand like how good the team actually is should matter. Yes, but when we're discussing it on like a radio show or a podcast about like the severity of a moment, 
that's the top 10 ranking still matters in that game. Well, and, and I think it even matters to a team. There is a difference between a oh, team absolutely. who believes it's top 10 and a team that has, has its spirit absolutely. broken. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Anyway. anyway. Well, nice. That's not the point. That's yeah, cool. Nice. Nice. Simpatico. Is that what that means? We, I don't know. Man. Simpatico? We have, we've had a lot of these. Like, mind meld. You're the mind writer. Meld. Yeah, mind meld. You're right. There oh, we go. That's vocabulary. easy. I keep it simple. Let's go fight some kaiju. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, no. I was going to add one comparison, though. Like, I was trying to think of another quarter. I'm trying to think of any quarterback that's really looked like this. Yeah. Like, maybe Deshaun Watson. Okay. Like, you know, yeah, just man. where just like you can just trust him in every moment. But anyway, that wasn't the point. Going that on. is a great so, point, though. So when we're analyzing this game, do we want to go chronological? I think um, that's the way to do it. Okay, you, you seem to have a better idea of what you want to do, so you lead the way this time, and I'll follow. Well, I was just going to say, because like, I think we're going to really want to dive into Joe and Clyde, which we already did. Yes. But like, I want to... I want to start with, because there's so many things that led to them winning this game that you can't ignore. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, the defense did not look good in the second half, but they do not win this game if the, uh, yeah, don't take that too literally, but if they, no, but they do right. not win this game if LSU does not play as dominantly defensively as in the first half. That, that also, if you I, get one less stop, you lose. Yeah, and, and I would also say this, is that um, the defense was... Very like like it's so weird to say in a day where you give up forty points of that many yards and the defense actually played a really good game, but yeah, they did. Quite frankly, they did. I mean, you take away the seven for the punt, and really, what pisses me off is the touchdown at the end because it's inexcusable. That's you bad. shouldn't have been in single high safety. That's Why bad. expose yourself to that risk? Uh, it, it not only makes the score look worse, it opened a potential onside kick, bad beat, yep. and it stopped you from being able to say that you held Alabama under 30. And what did we say consistently last week? Yeah, because if you take away the punt as well. Take away 14. Oh, more. my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying, right? Thank you. Yeah. And so and so, what did we consistently say last week? If either defense holds the, the other offense under 30, that's a yep. success. So they were right on the edge. That's of really hitting that point. success. Yeah. Um, now, whatever. A lot of people aren't going to want to engage that nuance, and I wouldn't like stump too hard for it. Yeah, I, got, yeah, I don't feel but that strong. But I was very impressed with the defense, they to your point. really good. And also, like, there's also a difference between great defense, like bad defense and great offense. In that third quarter from Najee Harris, I don't really know if I'm looking at that and saying that was yeah. bad defense. Oof. That Patrick I, I Queen when asked, he ran over Patrick oh, Queen. Like, Patrick Queen, that's like when you hit a baseball flush <laughs> and you think you just crush it. And it goes straight and, to the shortstop. And, yeah, side, I yeah. mean, like, because Patrick Queen thought he was about to murder yeah. Najee Harris, and Najee Harris didn't even look like he got hit. And I asked, like, every defender when we talked to him yesterday in interviews, like, you know, like, so what do you think kind of. You know, not, obviously it worked out. What do you think kind of happened there? Because you guys look so good in the first half run defense. And they're like, and pretty much the general vibe was, like, I don't think we played that bad or anything. It was just Najee Harris just had a, a takeover moment. Yeah. I tweeted this Sunday night, but I really hope history doesn't forget how unbelievable Najee Harris was. That was an all, and I don't know about you, I think that was an all-time game takeover. That was amazing what he did for that second half. Yeah. And LSU obviously had two of its own guys And that's that. in the an elite rush defense. Yes. But anyway, yeah, the overall point here is LSU's run defense in the first half held Alabama to 24 yards on 12 carries. It's mm. two yards per carry. Mm. This is one of the best offensive lines. Alabama has one of the best offensive lines in all of college football. You and I argued, I think, last week that it might be the best. Yeah. Because the best from a pass, pass protection and run blocking. And LSU stuffed it. And then also, on those thir- I mean, they contained two. It. And the fir- Tua's stats are going to be tricky because Tua played incredible. And I, I think anyone who doesn't realize that. Is he had a rusty first half. Yep. But in the second half, too, it looked like what he's supposed to do, while clearly not 100%. I'm not saying it takes away from the win, but yeah. he wasn't. Um, and they made him look 
he made errors. I mean, they they got after him, and he was I think fifty percent in the first half. That's crazy. Dave Aranda did a great job yeah. of confusing that offensive line. Finding ways, and he even confused Danielson. And you know me; I'm a big Gary Danielson <laughs> guy. I know this is a very unpopular I take. I do that about you. I think Gary is incredibly sharp. I think his analysis is always spot on, okay. uh, just about. And I think that every SEC fan base hates him, which shows you that he just keeps it too real with everybody. And everybody always says, "Oh, Bama guys don't hate him." I am in a group text with all my boys from high school in the Bama. They hate him. The first text okay. of the game was from them was, screw Gary Danielson, I hate him. So, literally. <laughs> um, point being, Aranda even confused Danielson a few times. Where Danielson was like, oh, and they're bringing pressure. And then you look at it, and no, they actually didn't. They just brought four. They just brought them from some interesting angles. Um, so, Aranda's game plan was great. The execution was solid. Um, they just did a really good job of combining winning those individual battles with uh, creating some some confusion to not only stop the run, like you said, but to get pressure on Tua as well. Yeah, I mean, I the thing you have to point to is those third downs, right? Because that's when he usually gets the most creative. Yeah. And third down, he went with six defensive backs, something he hasn't shown this year. And we, what did we talk about all last week and what did I write about last week? That Dave Rand is going to play some new cards we've never seen before. And not that that's like a revolutionary idea, but that's just something he hadn't shown. Went 60 Bs, went Cordell Flott as an extra instead of a linebacker. And we, I asked Ed yesterday about, like, is that something you might – is that just purely Alabama? He's like, yeah, I think that's that's purely those four receivers. He yeah. had every defensive back on the field. But then, I mean – Yeah, what did he say to you? He was like, have you seen those receivers? Yeah, he's just like <laughs> – yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that's them. Uh, but – I mean, and also like he had the balls to send Cordell Flott on a stunt. You don't, I don't think a girl, yeah. you don't really send Cordell Flott on a lot of stunts. But and they were constantly confusing him, as you said. And they were two of seven on third down in the first half. You know what a key separation point was in this game? Tell me, uh, two is not good under pressure, or at least not measured ah. against Burrow. Ah, I'm sorry, man. I, Burrow is. I'm not ready to go there. Next level. Oh, Burrow's win. Oh, Burrow's better. Yeah. Win pre- exactly. And how many plays did Burrow account for shrugging somebody pressure, off and then making the play versus Tua shrugging somebody off and then and then throwing an incompletion? I mean, look at the numbers. Burrow going into this game had a 151 passer rating under pressure. Oh, yeah, no, he's the best quarterback in the country under pressure. Like by a decent margin. It's crazy. It's 29 points ahead of second place coming into this game. Yeah. And Tua led the country last year and I think he was at like 113 somewhere around there. So he is Burrow is significant. How Can many I, sacks did Burrow avoid and oh then create God. positive plays? And we'll get to Burrow later, but I mean that's the thing when I wrote about like I think that's when you look at this game when you because Burrow didn't have like his Heisman play necessarily. He didn't have like one. Oh my God, like Clyde might have. Yeah. But when I look at that game, I'm gonna remember the, the shaking off sacks. It yeah. Was, I think I counted four or five. He just like. Alabama defensive lineman just shaking them off. Cole Kublik did like just some like kind of, you know, don't get too married to the exact numbers, but he did some base charting. And he said it changed like uh, minus 50 something yards, I think, into like 100 something. Wow. So you're looking at nearly a 200 yard swing there. I'm going to have to check that out. That's actually fascinating. Um, But I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for Tua here. I think you have to start with the fact that he was scrambling. He had, it's not he was scrambling, but he had his eyes open, like he was ready to throw. And I think that more goes to the coverage Ellis he was playing That's with. Fair. That's he had fair. no one to throw to. And let's also not leave out that he is playing with like not a great ankle. So, you know, being under pressure is when that ankle is gonna matter most. 
And then, but does that change the fact that he did not have good numbers under pressure this game? Like, no, if you're no. looking for separation yeah, points. I'm simultaneously agreeing with you that Burrow is way better under pressure, but also saying like I'm not going to judge to it too harshly by this. That's fair. And then the third point I'd say is. I think also a little bit of how good Burrow is under pressure is how good LSU is at having every play has a very clear counter for if they do this. So Burrow, yep. which is Burrow's ability too, but also it's the offense's ability that if they're doing this, here's your check down, here's your quick play. And I, I don't know if Sarkeesian and Alabama were as prepared for huh, It's almost like not holding guys in pass blocking and letting yep. them be those outlets pay dividends. 100%. So crazy. And then, all right, so the next thing after, we talk about LSU's defense, which deserves so much credit, and by the way, I can't speak highly enough of how Caleb on Chason played. Yep. That was, uh, again, it's another game where he wasn't getting... Okay, sorry, real quick. Sorry, this is I was scrolling through my phone. I wasn't being rude. It's okay. Um, this is from Cody Worsham. Yeah. At Cody Worsham on Twitter. And to your point... I'm not just saying this to just rag on Tua because, like you said, credit to LSU's coverage, credit to all these other things. But if you want to talk about key separation points in this game, yeah, when pressured, Tua was 2 of 8 for 21 yards, uh, two scrambles for four yards and one fumble. He had a quarterback rating of 39. That was a game changer. Joe just- Burrow was 8 of 12 for 102 yards, two scores. It's a 132 quarterback rating and had two scrambles for 19 yards. So regardless of how it happened, that was one of that the big differences. Completely agree. And then now, sorry, uh, you want to talk about Kalevon? I'm down. To I don't even. Yeah, I don't have too much to add about it. It was just. I mean, I don't think you can talk about this game without talking about just how much havoc he created. Even he wasn't the guy getting the tackle. It's like a Tyler Shelvin thing. Tyler Shelvin's always going to get the tackle, but he's blowing up to play. Yep. Kalevon blew up several runs and yes. deserves so much credit for that. That's all. And. He did make the plays, too. Yeah, like, on top one, of that, right? Three and a half TFLs. He had three and a half? He had three and a half in the Jeez, final I, box score, I think LSU only had, like, five or six. Yeah, and he had ten tackles overall. Led the team. Um, I know people have been disappointed in Kalevon's pass rushing, but um, he has been fantastic in run defense. Like, he's been a fantastic defender all year long. Yes. And, and sometimes with, with outside linebackers, defensive ends, we just get so married to one number, and that is that sack number. Yep. And although, you know, sure, whatever, I wish that was higher this year for Caleb on, it does not begin to tell the full chase on story. So credit where credit's due. He led the team in tackles. Second place had three. Or, excuse me, second place had seven tackles. Multiple guys had seven. He had ten. Yep. He had, uh, I believe it was five solo, which also led the team. The three and a half TFLs led the team. Number 18 showed up when you needed him most. And this is one another thing that you can't really measure, but I would love to. I wish there was a way if you asked a coach to kind of break down how many pressures and sacks that other people get can also be kind of countered factors. Because you're having to focus on Caleb. They focus on him. So he, he talked about actually at length yesterday. It was fascinating about how much attention they draw because of him. And yeah. I guess that also gives a little credit to Arana because I think he knows that and he he draws up plays beautifully to counter. And Arana's talked about that in the past, about yeah. how having a guy like Caleb on, that's one of the best advantages that his gives him as a D coordinator is he becomes his point of focus for the offense. And then that allowed, that opens up counterattacks uh, for you defensively. Um, so Caleb on was great. You mentioned Tyler Shelvin. Um I had him in my notes. I think I just have one line. Tyler Shelvin just looks better and better and better. And he somehow looks bigger. Not fatter. <laughs> yeah, bigger. But like, just like stronger. Like he just looks bigger and more badass, it seems like, every week. So now that Derek Singley had a, a rough game, and I'm not criticizing Derek Singley. He's allowed to. But I'm just saying, he had a rough game. Is it fair to say Tyler Shelvin might be the best player on this defense? This season, just like from a pure how much he's... Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's not unfair. It's Caleb Vaughn, Hammer, Stingley. 
So here's where it becomes interesting. Is it, though? Where's Christian Fulton in the mix? He's right there. Because what I also have in my notes is, did Christian prove to be the full alpha? Who did they attack? Yeah. That, that, that's what I always judge. Who but, are you attacking? Because yeah. if we believe in Nick Saban and their coaching staff's ability to be these incredible game planners and these incredible coaches that know they they want to take away what you do uh, well and they want to hit you where you're weak, right? They didn't go after they didn't go after Fulton. I think they threw on him twice. Yeah. Completed one and pass. He, had, he looked really good in and, those plays. Yeah, too. in two years now, they're two of seven against him. Like yeah. so, seven total targets. I'm just saying. Cornerback's a weird position to evaluate because you mentioned Tyler Shelvin not going to get the stats. Well, if you're the best cornerback, you're not going to get the stats because people aren't going to look your way. Yeah. And so, uh, just just uh, another. No, I'm glad you brought that. Shout up. Shout yeah. out to Christian Fulton there because but, remember, but, but, but I have no problem saying no, Tyler remember, Shelvin. Like, four or five weeks ago, it might have been you. I think, but like one of us was we were talking about it here, like. Is Christian Fulton playing well? Like we didn't know, yes, right? No, we, yes, it was like this weird we thing of like we don't know. <laughs> and we I don't see him. And I think the last three games have kind of made it clear to me, like, oh, Christian Fulton is And watch next year. And Derek Stingley wrote about will that as be well. ignored and whoever the corner opposite Rifts, of Stingley yeah. is will be the one getting tested. And Dame Brugler at the Athletics uh, NFL draft, you know, kind of guru and he's really great stuff. You should check him out. He kind of did a really good Monday breakdown of just oh. of like every player in that game that's like a top prospect. Yeah. Which, by the way, 10 of the top 25 prospects in the NFL draft according to the Athletic were in that game. That's crazy. And I wow. think and there're even more in the top 100. Wow. But, but anyway, he was going through all of it, and obviously, like Burrow and Clyde were, I think, the two that he really. But then he, you know, dove into. But you talked about where's Christian. Clyde's NFL stock according to Burglar? Well, he said he he said that Clyde was the person like hurt, but he just barely left him out of his top 100 going into this week, and that, then he's just like, I mean, this guy. Got to put. I, I mean, Clyde will never be a first round pick or anything. Yeah. Let alone first off, running back stock has fallen anyway. Exactly. Let alone somebody like his build. But I mean, you'd imagine he's a. You imagine one modern offense will take him late second, early third. I mean, you, you gotta love his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's, he'll that, be even better in the NFL. Great blocker, yeah, too. Yeah, that corner route he ran, the shoestring catch on third and ten with the move out and in to get get the first down. Uh, okay, so okay, so we were kind of so, discussing defense. So let's get back on track. So here. next thing for me would be, unless you want to keep on defense, nope, go. Next thing for me that cannot be glossed over, and I, I mean this is both. This isn't taking away from LSU. It might actually be complimenting them. In the history of LSU, Alabama, which team makes more mistakes? Alabama doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, they fair. don't make mistakes. Fair. It's like no, a Bill fair. Belichick team, Nick Saban team. They're the same thing. They are just like a machine. LSU, not necessarily more than anyone else, but they make mistakes. Yeah, and this game. And, I mean, I'm being honest. This game was decided by some of those first half mistakes. And and, and interestingly, though. Um that has kind of been par for the course for Alabama this year. Uh, I know the numbers changed a little bit after LSU had a penalty-filled Auburn game, but going into that Auburn game, Alabama was the most penalized team in the FCC, and LSU was the least. Yeah. So that is an angle that... It's like a real thing. It's not yes, just one game. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily an anomaly. That's something that you could have maybe even thought before the game. Now, something like the drop punt, yeah, that's just, that's a, I mean, that's just a bad play. What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I mean, because okay, there's so many mistakes. You start with the two of fumble. That's inexplicable. But yeah. that is his ankle, bro. 
<laughs> that was such an inexplicable error that, I mean, as much as you want to deny it, that decided a lot in this game because this game was decided by five points. And I'm not saying you have... Oh, wait, no, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, let me finish. Whoa. Let me finish. Oh, okay, you better... Let's see how you finish I'm not saying, game logic. I'm not saying any one error decided this game, but I'm saying if you look at those three or four just glaring errors, yeah, they decided this game. And By the way, no, these are all factors in the game, and that's a compliment to LSU. I, no, 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 and I'm not, I'm not getting defensive about LSU. I'm, I'm talking about but it's, more of it's the... Real. No, what I want to point out, though, is I'm not a fan of... Oh, they lost by five, and if this doesn't happen... Well, I'm not a fan of that, but I'm also not a fan of... If Tua doesn't fumble there, and they kick a field goal, or they score a touchdown, then we have no idea what happens after yes. that. Okay. Because it is a... I mean, we're into a splinter timeline. In, in a way, like, it's so early in the game, it's just... I feel you, yeah, it really no. did kick things off for LSU, but, like... You took this out of context. I did not. You You didn't it, let bro. me finish. No, you did finish. You I'm not even finish. nearly done. Oh, okay, sorry. Continue, then. Continue. God, I, I apologize. Uh, I don't no, I was going to say... I'm not no. even trying to mess with you. I, <laughs> I mean, I just mean... I don't mean any one error to say. I think the, the compilation of a few were... May, okay, we'll say decided. How about that? The the terminology matters. They were major factors. Yeah. You have the two of fumble. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's a maybe a fourteen point swing. <laughs> like you know, it's, it's a big. I'm not it's, saying it's, it's that binary, swing. but it's a huge swing. Then you got. The I mean, fumble. if you want to play that game, he's probably getting tackled, so it's a ten point swing. Yeah, you're right. You good, could good, argue. Good point. Good point. Um. Okay. Then you got the fumble on the punt. That's huge. Then huge. you have that's another three points for LSU right yeah. there, guaranteed. Then you have three points. Though. The interception on the too many guys in the field. Now. I'm not sure if that was Burrow I, they, taking a I, shot. Dude, because they, they, I, yeah, I was about to say, because first off, if there's too many guys in the field. I couldn't tell either way if that was a we know we're getting a back throw or if it was uh, just a mistake. I but tell. how about this, though? If there's too many guys on the field, there's going to be somebody that you're not accounting for in coverage. So, like, that guy maybe wasn't supposed to be there when he threw that ball, but they have 12 wasn't people Wasn't it because the, the guy wasn't off the field, though? I think that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying so it was but all that, we're playing. But, but I'm saying but all that messes with your with yeah. with your read. He's looking out there, he's seeing what he's seeing. Like I I do not think you could put that in the mistake category at all. I if, if I had to give my football opinion on it, I'm I, just saying I, all I these little agree. things compiled and then The other ones I agree. There's another big one I'm missing. Well then you have two you have two's interception, which was which isn't uh that's not a foolish error, but I mean that was a huge yeah. swing that Alabama probably yeah. wouldn't normally make. And also I would say even the the error was that they were attacking with 20 seconds left. And here is where... Is that, exactly. That's but, but that's what they do in the age of Tua. And that shows you the pressure that, that L- LSU, LSU was offense. putting on Alabama offensively that Nick Saban felt the need to try to get three there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by, I just want to say one more time, none of this is saying like, oh, it's a, that, no, no, it's no. a cheat that LSU won. No, I'm saying LSU played pretty mistake-free football for but, 60 minutes. But let's throw it on... The, let's look at the breaks for the other side. You had a punt return for a touchdown that was only a punt return for a touchdown because of a face mask. Like it threw him. That's it, a weird spin on no, it. No, no, no. Watch, watch the angles of the defenders on the pursuit. That face mask threw Waddle the opposite direction of where he was going to run. That You're also ball. removing credit for him breaking that tackle. No, 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 no. Look, I'm. I my 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 point is that point, my my point is that in 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 an odd way, if if he doesn't get thrown that direction, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he returns that for a touchdown. Maybe, maybe he does. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just saying he also deserves credit for that incredible broken tackle. Yeah, no, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away fully, but I'm saying that is a low percentage play like this. If you score a special teams touchdown in a game like that, you should win that game. Yeah, um, I have one other. You had a, and this is a great coaching move. So credit to them. 
but another fluky sort of play. Um, the the look to the sideline touchdown over Derek yeah. Stingley. Uh, there was a bad spot when Clyde Edwards Elair rolled over that guy's body. Um, LSU and, got a lot of calls. Though. And and for LSU, one of the first times ever, LSU got all the calls though. for for them to. Um, well, what are all the calls? The Thad Moss I, I, one. The Thad Moss one. There's another relative. There was an. I know. I'm sorry. I don't have it ready. So, but I remember there is another like pretty iffy one. The fourth LSU. and the fourth Maybe down. Maybe that might be what spot? I'm thinking. Which was. Because that was inches away. I mean, you're not going to change inches way, away on. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's football. I, I know, I know. Here. I shouldn't even brought it up because I don't have the examples in my head. But I remember thinking they got a lot of calls. The see, then that's what I'm saying. I don't. Uh, whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't think we agree on that. Um, I so so uh, look. I think LSU took a lot of punches that in Tuscaloosa in the past could have doomed, uh, doomed them. You you come out in the third quarter. You have complete control of the game. You open that third quarter where they turn over. Uh, they then go and score. They have the punt return for the touchdown. They hit you on the bomb on the look to the sideline play. Another low percentage play was that play at the end, like another bomb touchdown that is inexcusable how it happened. Yeah. And so LSU took these, or or LSU gets the uh, fourth and one, but they freaking get a delay a game because they're just being dumb. And then they end up punting the ball. They still overcome that. So I guess... I see mistakes for both sides. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like on and, – and I don't think you're – I guess you're not saying the opposite, so maybe we should just move on. But uh, overall, this was pole-to-pole LSU was uh, the better team. Yeah, because my argument can be spun either way. It could say Alabama made more mistakes or it could say LSU was the more – and obviously, mistakes are a function of being bad team. Make him, or yeah, like the LSU worst team. was the more – what's the right word? Prepared, whatever, yeah, disciplined, well-coached. Yeah. Like, generally, you go with mistakes of coaching. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to go next? Where do you want to go next? I took charge early. Let's see. So, uh, kind of what you were saying, one of the things that I – like, when I rewatch this game – it's interesting that you cuz cuz my big takeaway was that this was in no way fluky that 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 you I, had a I don't a, think it's fluky either cuz like, I agree with you that they actually won this game by two scores. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that that you had an LSU team that um I just meant that as one little factor. I I, w- I, w- I, w- I would say this. Okay, where to go next? Let's, let's just let's just let's completely wash this because <laughs> I think we've just entered a bit of a a circular, a circular cycle yeah, here. Sorry, a lot of, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. Cade York, if you just want to talk about a positive. Um, for that kid to have two weeks to marinate on the yips yep. and marinate on reworking his routine at 18 years old and then to stare down that, uh, that stadium in that environment, on that stage, and play the way that he did. And yeah, he didn't have to make a game-winning kick, but every point was at a premium. And they were 40 and 45 yards. They weren't short. They were big kicks. They were long kicks. And they were... um, That's huge for momentum. Beyond just the scoreboard, you need something. When you get down there, you have to come away with something. Uh, and for K- and especially like I look at something like on one of those, uh, there was a big sack right before. What's a great way to take a little juice out of the sack? Make the field yeah. goal. When you miss the field goal, then the sack is like, oh, well, look, it pushed them back. It set them up. Look at this. And so for K. York to do what he did, um, just what a mental warrior, in my opinion. Like, like really just 
I the the mental toughness from an 18 year old. You got to feel really good about him going forward because that second field goal was the key in making sure they were always two scores ahead. Yep, or like or at least yep. yeah, like that point. was the key point in that. So. Yeah, I don't. Know, there's not much to say about a kicker because not like we can like really break down. Like, man, I really like this follow no, through there. Exactly, but the extra it was point huge. Was not his fault. Obviously, that was just a terrible uh, ma uh, letting that guy on the inside. That no, I didn't really rewatch that. Yeah, head. what happened there? Um, I think I can't remember who it was the name. He just just blocked it wrong. Okay. Just opened up the gap right. and <laughs> oh boy, shot Shabbos. through. I mean, if you block a kick with your hip. Chances are somebody screwed something up somewhere along the way. That means you got back there a little oh, too geez. easily. Yeah, I, I actually don't think I ever really watched. Yeah, the it, it, it literally wow. went off his like right hip. God, uh, which shows you how and then Alabama how went and missed their own. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, Alabama's king game. We Not knew good. that going in. And by the way, Will Riker was higher ranked than Cade York, and coming. They were the number one and two kicker yeah. in the country. And how about that, Alabama? Though um, coming into this game was making sixty five percent of their field goals on the year, so that was definitely a point of separation um all right so we, we we discussed some of the names defensively we discussed Dave Aranda um another guy that stood out defensively me Patrick Queen uh, I think his rise and the Jacob Phillips just continues to be unsung kind of but, yeah he doesn't but, have any crazy moment or no anything. he doesn't really but Patrick Queen's sideline to sideline speed yeah. is pretty silly right he's not now, Devin dude. White but that's his one Devin White trait he yeah. has that he has Devin White sideline to sideline speed um Let's just talk about Clyde then. Let's do it, man. I'm ready. Let's talk about I Clyde mean, because that was an all time. He is the hero here. I, I mean, know, I, probably Burrow, but like Burrow's the hero, but Clyde played the better game. You know, yeah. that's not that's not an insult. That's like yeah. Clyde played one of the better football games this season and ever against Burrow Alabama. versus Texas some, and Clyde versus this game were the two best. I saw teams. some stat earlier. I don't, I don't know what the exact parameters were, but they were talking about individual touchdowns against. Alabama. Nick Saban's never like, allowed four touchdowns to run, um, any player in a game. Okay, ever. that's what I thought. Because Etienne Alabama, was Alabama. right there at number three, uh, or with three touchdowns on the list, and Clyde was the only guy with four. Only ever. That's that's bonkers. I, so I'm going to give my – I felt really cool here because I, w- I went on the Action Network podcast. I'm yeah. a huge fan of their work. They do really great stuff, gambling podcasts. And I said – they're like, what's your one prop bet you're looking for? And I'm like, my number, my only thing I really have come to mind is if there's a Clyde Edwards-Layer receptions bet, take the over because I think, like I said, Alabama's this great secondary. The way you're going to beat him is those checkdowns to either Edward Solaire or Moss. Yeah. You get those linebackers in tough situations. Nine catches. Nine catches. Almost and 200 yards of total offense. And the, the, those stats do nothing to tell you how good he played because the amount of tackles he made them miss. The amount of just like. I think Saban said 26 missed tackles. 25 missed today. tackles. You would assume 19 Oof. of those are probably clock. Sheesh. And just, it's not even just the tackle. It's like there was some where he had, had the ball at like four yards and he needed a first down and he ran through and just kind of nudged it forward to get the extra six. You know, it was just, I mean, that is an all time performance I'll remember for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and look at it now. Combine it with the Auburn game. Because those are your two games, right? Those are your two big games when you had to have it, when you needed it most. Against Auburn, Clyde touches it 33 times for 180. And against Alabama, he touches it, what, 31, 30? How many touches did he end up with? Catches up. and carries combined? I got you, I got you. I got you. Um, he touched it 19 t- 29 times. 29 times for 180 and four scores. You know, you could tell who this team is relying on when they, when, when they got to have it. And it's Clyde Edwards Elair. It's a great vindication of us stumping for him so nice. early in the year um, because he just has continued to get better and better. Um, the plays that stand out to me. Yeah, there's um, like four where do I all-time start? plays with that's him. That's what I'm that saying. It's, 
Uh, where do you start? Because Burrow name didn't one. have a- name one, and then I'll name one. So I think the number one that needs to lead off with is that third down catch. Third and, third ten, and ten. Burrow has two guys up the middle coming at him. He has to just chuck the ball out there. He's not Dude's doing anything. He's just just chucking up a random like let's see how this goes through. Yeah. Clyde. The catch is the number one thing. I mean, he has to just kind of catch it with like his fingertips, turning back around into the ball. Yeah, catches the back. He has into to like the loop ball. around and like catch it awkwardly with his fingertips right at the sideline. So like that yeah. was set up to be either an incompletion or like a four yard gain. He catches it, turns around, has like a two yard gap between him and Trevon Diggs, and but he needs about six yards for the first down and just does a, like a juke to get him off balance. So he has a little bit of leverage and then just runs right in and just drags him for the extra seven drags. yards. I mean, low man wins. That Clyde epitomizes. Was, that was let's, let, let's, the context. Of that play was crucial. It was thirty three twenty seven. Yeah, Alabama had scored fourteen unanswered. This game was getting away from LSU. They're at about midfield, maybe a little past it. If they didn't get that first down, you got to punt it back to two. And, and all of a sudden, you're, that momentum is shot. I don't think it's crazy to say this game might be different if you don't get that first down. No, that is one of the most important plays of that game. So you start there. What's your next one? Um, I would go with the score right before half, uh, just because yeah. it. Wow, looked, that's like fifth on my list too. That's it a great one. Looked, well, it looks easy, but don't underestimate. I mean, look, running backs aren't good at that for a reason. He ran a perfect flag route out of the backfield and then just and and he made the catch but he made it all look routine but there's a reason why running backs don't normally make that look routine it's funny I actually interviewed him for Saturday's pregame show and I asked him what his favorite play of the night was and that was the one um just because I I don't know why he just said he just I don't know why exactly it was um he just he just said it was just I think it was because, like, normally you don't expect running backs to be able to do that as smoothly as he did, and and what it meant to that the was game a, at the that time. Blew it open. Uh, he basically said before the play that they said he he told he told Lloyd he was like, "Look, man, we're gonna have a whole shot. Like, if you give if you give Joe time, I will be open in between these guys." And Lloyd says, "I got you. You'll have time, Bob." Sure enough, I'm gonna have to listen to that podcast. They hold up. They 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 give him time, and um, and there you go. And 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 he ends up scoring right before half. So I thought that play looks routine, but where it was in the game, the execution was flawless. What it meant to the game was massive, and it's not something that all running backs can do, which is go out there and run a route like that and catch the ball so easily. Number three, actually, I put this probably yeah, I remember three biggest plays. That spin to get the touchdown to go up 40 27 oh. or 39 27. Oh, so that, nice. I mean, so I'm looking at it right now in front of me. Guy gets in the backfield four yards deep. Unblocked. He is waiting Off for there the four yards deep. I don't even know how Clyde saw him the more I look at it. And he spins, I mean, an all time spin move. He's had some great spin moves this year. That was the most. Makes him go diving forward the other way. Two guys, and then two more guys are waiting at the line if he doesn't make that spin. Yeah. He makes the spin. Everybody's going the wrong way. And Clyde just has an easy, you know what, 10 yard touchdown. That. Was that drive was the most important drive probably of the game, right? I mean, the next one might have been more. <sighs> I have those so, those two yeah, were pretty tight I mean, together. There's, the whole second half, every everything just felt at a premium, right? Everything felt like I, I feel like the later you got in the game, it was all just increasingly pressure filled. I mean, you have the great play call where after Burrow started having success on the draws, he then hits him with the fake draw, step up and hits Chase. Um, that felt massive. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about Clyde plays, the last touchdown. So, that, where he breaks tackles that on the That is edge. probably the number one most impressive play. Yeah. 
that one. So I think that I don't think it was the most important, but it was the most impressive. Which thirty nine, thirty four, one forty two left in the game. You're at first and goal. It seems like you have it, right? The game, but this touchdown would seal it. Yes. And okay, bounces outside. Stiff arms one guy to the ground, yeah. <laughs> and then he still has about eight. He still has about six yards to go to the end zone with I'd say two defenders in position to make a tackle. <laughs> and he's a five eight running back. Like this doesn't compute. So after he stiff arms the guy, goes into Trevon Diggs. We had a field day against. So did Jamar Chase. And just runs through him. Granted, Diggs is trying to make this. Carries him. Yeah. So Diggs is trying to make the strip, which is a factor in missing this tackle. But still, there's five yards to go, and he just runs right through it, drags him. 35 misses because he misses the angle because he runs through him, (laughs) and he goes for the touchdown. That touchdown had no business happening. That might have been the most physically impressive one of his plays. And then you know what I love? So after that, he goes sideline. He has an incredible moment with Mickey Joseph on the sideline where – it's very emotional, and I asked him about this, though, because what's interesting is because LSU allowed that inexcusable touchdown at the end, which still I'm salty about, um, he had to lock back in because there was only one way that Alabama wasn't going to have a chance to hit a home run shot, and that was if you got a first down. Yep. <laughs> and everybody in the world knows you're running the ball. Everybody in the world knows who's running the ball. Yep. And it didn't matter. It didn't take four downs. Didn't take three. Didn't take two. It took one. And granted, it was excellently blocked by the O line. The push was massive. They he didn't get hit till till five yards into the run. But when he got hit, one guy and he got lit. It was a uh, explosion between him and the safety. One guy kept moving. The other guy didn't. And then yeah. the whole it was just like a. It just felt like. The most uh, on a night where you threw off years of getting your ass kicked in the trenches, it felt like the most appropriate way to end that night was just with a raw strength flex. Yeah, where you just push them back ten yards and ice the game. Because yeah, I mean, how many yards do you think they really dragged him? I'd say nine. I think he stopped at about two or three yards in. I feel like I, uh, watching the replay. I feel like I gave the uh, the O line a little more credit. Like I feel like he got about four yards. He got about four or five himself. Yes. like dragging yards. Oh, oh, I see. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then and then and then and then the final maybe three or four were with the help of. Deculus. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes. It's, I mean, yeah. It was a. He got hit about four. He dragged the guy about three, and then the O line rugby yeah. scrummed him across the line. Ft dub. So we just named five plays that were. I mean, signature, incredible plays, and that's and why. I made them. And it's kind of. I'm glad. By the way, I'm glad he got SC Co SEC Player of the Week because it's kind of been like a funny little conversation around LSU of just like, what is because Burrow wins it every week, yeah. And it's like, what does Clyde have to do? And it became this thing. So they're not going to like fight for one guy over the other or something <laughs> like that. So they always just kind of pick Burrow, and they're just like. I mean, like, I get it. Joe deserves it. But, like, Clyde, like, kind of has had some better games and just, like, but it doesn't pop out as but, much. But that's the other thing, right? I mean, that was supposed to be an elite pass defense and look at what Burrow and company did against him. So it's so hard to get away from. It's all, look, bottom line in football, it's hard to get away from handing out awards to the quarterback because it's the most important position on the field. Uh, that said, Clyde, like you said, might have been the most important player on the um for LSU on 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 Saturday, and so James ran out a really cool um, tweet, which I think was just a good point about because him and Najee were probably the two had the best two games I'd say yeah. in that game, and he kind of you know James ran tweet, uh, quote tweet something I said and was like, "This is proof that like there's not one right way to be a great running back." Yeah, that like part of the problem with Clyde's perception was that like he you know he isn't people don't see him like a, a guy or a Fournette where he's going for eight yards a carry up the middle and just like or Jonathan Taylor and just bulldozing people, so he knows doesn't. 
a lot of his plays are the little things we always talk about. So it's kind of cool to see one running back do it that way, and he just looks yep. like a god. And then you have Clyde just doing all those scrappy little things and be more versatile. And it was a cool way of being like, it's 2019. There's, there's a lot of different ways to be a great running back. Uh, there's uh, more than one way to get a human child, Brody. Never forget that. Um, another another group I want to talk about the offensive line and the reason being uh, they did not play perfect they got beat many times Deculus specifically he got beat and Burrow got hit and at other times he did incredible Burrow things and shrugged guys off but for the most part they performed very well and look and this is where you have to give credit to the opponent uh, Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings are elite pass rushers. Their ability to uh, their their timing of the snap, and this is what happens when you when you play at home defensively, and you know the offense is going on silent. It allows you to time things up. But even within that context, uh, they were doing it as consistently and as good as anybody I've ever seen. Multiple times where if they're even a hair earlier, you could maybe throw the flag, but. Because they had it perfectly timed, they were already a full step into their rush before the tackles even out of his stance. And despite this, for the most part, the offensive tackle still held up. And even when Deculus had like had like two or three plays in a row where he got beat, it would have been real yeah. easy to fold up. And I thought he did a good job of staying mentally in it, one snap and clear, and ended up standing strong for the most part. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was going to say, you can't leave out the, there was a stretch where Deculus got beat like three times out of five. Exactly. Yeah, but no, you're right. Credit to him. But, well, but, but, that, but that's where, that's where you got to look at the response, right? And yeah, you're right. It, and it would have been easy to just keep getting your ass kicked all night and for the most part. And, and that's, you know, Deculus is not an elite offensive tackle. Yeah. And 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 those are elite pass rushers. And and well what what is the most? What position group does the home crowd help more than any other? In my opinion, it is the pass rushers, because it makes uh, it, it takes away the one of the O line's greatest advantages, which is the snap count. Like the O line is having to look at the ball the same way the defenders are having to look at the ball. And uh, yeah, I'd so, never ever thought of it that way. Yeah, no, I mean it is it's without a doubt the the, the biggest advantage. So and by the way, one thing you mentioned him. the snap counter. Also, me. love the QB draw calls to uh, to kind of we're going to take away. We're going to get there. We get to Burrow because yeah, but anyway, no. One thing I want to say we mentioned snap count. Man, I have never seen outside linebackers both of them time snap counts like that in my life. That's what I'm saying. No, it was it was, it was the did most you already say that? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you zoned out. No, it was the most consistently. <laughs> Uh, it happens. I've done it's so much radio, season. bro. It's uh, I've done so much radio. I've asked the exact same question that my co-host just asked, like a minute before. Um, no, but no, it was Terrell Lewis it and Every Jennings. You have to yeah. give them credit. It was if they were a hair earlier, it w- could have been a penalty, but they existed in that perfect. My bad. Where they, they had a full step done before the guys were even out in their stance. So credit, credit to the defenders. Credit to those guys. They did great. But I like the response by that LSU line. And really just overall in the trenches as a whole, Rashard Lawrence, Apu Ika had a big play. He had a few nice ones, yeah. Uh, Braden Fajoko. Like, I feel like the whole D-line showed or the whole, excuse me, both sides of the trenches after getting embarrassed last year and embarrassed for long stretches of these eight years, uh, they were really good on Saturday. They um, really were. Okay, so you want to go QB draw talk? Yeah, let's that, do it. So, 
first off, yeah, sorry with just the QB draw calls themselves. They yes. were perfect. I mean, because first off, because they're beating you on the edge, right? That's one thing you're, you know, they're beating and you on the edge. And you're strong up the middle. Like goes in Boom. the press conference so you're, Monday. You're, you're taking that away. You're countering that. And he, that's Burroughs at his best. And they've been smart not to abuse that this year and not really use it at all because, one, you want to protect your superstar quarterback when you know if he goes out, your season changes. Yeah. But also, you want to keep that in the bag a little bit. And, I mean, he's just so good in that situation. I think he had, I think there was like three just like draw specific calls. There were some other keepers and whatnot and scrambles, but I think there were three draws. Yes. And they went for like 15, 18, and 17. Big moments, too. Yeah. And yeah, two of them were huge. And then, go on. Well, I was just saying, and then you build off of that with the excellent fake draw pass to Chase. That was, and, I, and that's just great offensive game planning game. and coaching right there. That's that, great play calling by Stevens. That was called the game. I put it in my, my like Sunday breakdown of just that was. I mean, first off, the draw might have even worked. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was perfect. And that goes back to something that, you know, Jacoby Stevens was saying about Dave Aranda last week. And it's common sense, but still, it's just like something that we don't always think about. It's not about having the perfect game plan. It's not even about having the perfect counter. It's about having the counter to their counters. Yeah. That's what, like, great coaching is. And it also goes to what Ed Ogeron always, I remember when, he, when Joe Brady first got here, the thing he always said about him was he just always has an answer. Yep. And that's not a simple thing. Like, whatever you throw at him, he's got an answer. And then I also go back to some of the people I talked to when I did that Brady's Penn State year story. Yeah. And you talk to people who've known him since he was 25, when he was a nobody grad assistant. And they're like, the thing about him that's freaky is that I've never, he's just one of the best I've ever seen at just quickly putting together the pieces of a puzzle, the technique, the formation, just all these things. And, you know, J- Josh Gaddis, who's now the OC at Michigan, he was saying, like, it's because he's been a linebacker's coach. He's been a receiver's coach. He's been a quarterback's coach. He's mm. done it all that he can just see the puzzle of a field so well. So to be able to know the draws going to work and then also know here's when we're going to pull out at this exact moment. Yeah. And that might, I don't know. That might have been Steve Ensminger, too. I want to be clear. I don't know who called that. But uh, so the collaboration credit. between the guys yes. is solid. Anyway. But to know that you're going to draw that safety up and then Chase is going to be open for 29 yards, that was the call of the game. And it was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, look, and, and and that and that all highlights why we said LSU finally had a shot to win this year is because of the offensive scheme and the game planning and crucially the ability to adjust within the game, which has been missing in years past. Um let's talk about two battles that we highlighted a lot going in. Let's do it. And the battle of the LSU receivers versus the Bama DBs, yeah. who won? LSU rec- okay, LSU receivers versus Alabama DBs. Oh, LSU receivers won. Yeah. I mean, Jam- well, actually, you know what? I'll give Alabama a little more credit. Just Jefferson, I think, they contained decently. Yeah. He so, had that one sick juke where ter- he yeah. uh, broke that dude down. They contained down, Justin yeah. decently in the grand scheme yeah. of things. They contained Terrace aside from one really bad screw-up, yeah. which was more of just a tempo thing and all that. J- Terrace was contained. Jamar Chase dominated. Jamar Chase made Trevon Diggs look terrible. <laughs> Trevon Diggs might be Trevon Diggs is competing to be the first round cornerback. Him and Fulton yeah, he both. was top five uh, PFF <laughs> cornerback rankings coming in this game in the nation. I mean, and it wasn't first. There's the touchdown in the corner where he cuts back and beats him, and then you know there's some others where he makes him miss some tackles. But the one I have, and I have a gif of, I didn't put it in my story, but there was one that was like a 12 yard gain on a slant. But I mean, it was actually I don't remember. But yeah, he just. Faked him out at the line of scrimmage and like threw him to the ground. I mean, he just has that ability to manhandle so, people. And and so speaking of referee breaks, uh, <laughs> like, so I always I have the balance sheet going in my head during the game, and I want to be able to feel good about things. So you could talk about the Thad Moss. Was it a break? Was it not? Blah blah blah. blah. Um, let's say let's say you okay. You got a good break with Thad Moss there. To me, 
you could see how much Jamar Chase was dominating on that hold that was not called that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Where Burrow just, like, Burrow's perfect for that half. He doesn't miss that badly unless the timing is thrown off. And then, sure enough, you see the replay, and Chase smokes him but gets held trying to get free. Unfortunately, the refs just didn't see it. No. Yeah. And, like, and like the, the only time you, you start holding a person, if you're offensive line, if it's back, anybody, is when you're beat. So, yeah, Jamar Chase was. He was the, yeah. He, he was an alpha. But, I, yeah, I'll give credit to Alabama DBs the rest. And then the other side of the ball. Which is also the big storyline. Yes, yeah, so let's Alabama's flip that in Alabama receivers against LSU's DBs. So that's tale of two halves, probably. Yeah, because Devontae Smith definitely got his. Devontae Smith got yeah. It's kind of the same <laughs> thing, right? It's actually the exact same thing yeah. where Devontae Smith was the Jamar Chase. Rugs and Judy he didn't got, really. And it wasn't just the big touchdowns. I mean, he had some plays where even Stingley was in great coverage and just went up and made incredible plays. Yeah. Devontae Smith really impressed me. I think that was the first time I've ever been really I've got to watch him closely in a while. Because Judy's so the one I've fast, always so fast. He's long. He's got better ball skills than I realized. It's probably the main thing. And then Judy's the one I've always considered the, like, stud. Yeah. I've been amazed by him a few times. So who was D'ing up on Judy most of the time? Was that Christian Fulton? It was Fulton, and it was – but Fulton was also on rugs a good amount. And then it was also when they went on those uh, third down packages, I think it was Flott a lot. Wow. Flott played well. Wow. Now, Flott had some – like, you know, uh, every now and then he made a miss got beat, but, like, that's just football. But Flott played well in those third downs. Yeah, rated really well according to PFF too. Um, um, so yeah, I guess you're right. It's kind of like played well. It's kind of like the secondaries played well, but Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase got theirs. Yeah, because you look at Judy was five for seventy one. Okay, that's actually better than what it felt like during the game. Ruggs was three catches for sixty eight. Waddle was three catches for twenty two. So, and also huge part of these stats was a lot of these stats. A lot, yeah. For these receivers specifically, a lot of these catches came on that fourth quarter drive where, like, they scored in the fourth and goal and whatnot. Yeah, where they were marching on him, and that a lot of that came with Fulton off the field. And Fulton at, missed most of that drive, and at least um, so a lot of it was on Jay Ward actually. Yeah, that, they that, beat that, Jay Ward a lot on that, and they beat Cam Lewis. Oh, Cam! And the thing is, in this where you just got to give a tip of the cap. He was actually in great coverage on that touchdown. Yeah. That was just a perfect throw, bringing your receiver back to the pylon and the play, like making him bend it that extra couple yeah. feet so you can't get on him. And the play before, he did an incredible breakup yeah, in the end zone. And it was funny. I got a text from someone I won't name, but someone who's covered LSU before, and just texted me. He's like, "I forget who the receiver was. Was it Judy? I don't know." It was like, did, "Did Cam Lewis just like completely <laughs> outplayed?" And he's like, "What the hell?" Like, what? The? No. So yeah, like credit to Cam Lewis, but yeah. A lot of these catches that we're mentioning came on that drive where, like, it was all backups. Which Vincent good, was off the field, and I forgot, and Fulton was off good the field. Good job by LSU making them earn that drive as well. Uh, diamond, yeah. yeah, because that was a lot of third and long, fourth and long. Okay, so this does highlight, and, and, and because unfortunately today we can't go long. I have to go to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. um, We've got through most of what we need, right? Which bums me out. I, I feel we like didn't, we, we wanted to get to the playoff discussion. Though. We, can, we can do that anytime, though, right? That's going to be evergreen for the next few weeks. Um, I want to say this, though. The reason why I believe that LSU and why I would have no problem playing Alabama again, whatever, the reason why I think that they were clearly the better team is that when I look at how LSU scored versus when I look at how Alabama scored, I see two completely different type of setups. With LSU, you had multiple 
consistent drives where you are marching down the field. And yes, like I'm not saying you don't have incredible individual plays in there because you do, but what is football without incredible individual plays? When I look at a lot of Bama's scoring opportunities, you had the punt return for a touchdown, um, the great coaching on the quick snap, which was great. The look, the fake look over where oh, Najee yeah. Harris and Tua are like chilling as he's clapping to actually get the ball was great design. But it says something. But it's a gimmick. It's a bit of a trick play. Um, and then, again, that last touchdown, um, that's a low percentage play. Like that, that, you, that, That's not going to happen very often. So I guess w- w- when I look at these, how they had their success versus how they had LSU's success, not only did you win the game, you couldn't say this in 2011 when you won the game. When I was on that team and we won in Tuscaloosa, we were lucky. It was fluky. We got completely outplayed, but they missed five field goals. They did like, like, like we should not have won that game. If you're just looking on balance, LSU not only won this game, they were the better team. They deserved to win it. They should have won it, and they did. If Alabama would have won this game, it would have been them pulling it out of nowhere, kind of pulling it out of their ass. LSU, um, they just looked they like controlled a better team. the entire game. Yes, yeah. pull to pull, game control, baby. multiple scores. Last thing I'll say. I mean, and this is actually like a big statement, I think. Remember last week I was stressing with you over my uh, best of the 2010s team I'm compiling for the Athletic that, you know, will run yes. in a week or two. Yes. And it was kind of, so before the game I said to some buddies, like, all right, Tyron Matthews player of the decade. Yeah. But that might change in a week. And Joe Burrow is officially now my LSU player of the decade. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know, we, we said he was playing for a statue. I don't know if we said it on this show, but a lot of people said it last week. He's playing for a statue. And, wow! Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, you if got he wins one a title, Heisman. he gets a statue. He, 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 yes, I, it's interesting. I wonder if he wins a Heisman and doesn't win a title. Does he get it? Because only might, one yeah, in he might history. Be right. he, maybe I don't know. I don't no, know. I think we'll you're see. right because Shaq and like Shaq didn't win a title. Yeah, Shaq you know? did not like, win a title. That Bob Pettit win a title? I feel dumb. Um, I actually have no idea about 50s LSU basketball. Yeah, no. Let's just let's just give some love to Bob Pettit for being on the NBA top 50 list. Love you, Bob Pettit. Love you, Bob Pettit. You're a great basketball player. That's that's all we need. But yeah, no, I think you're right. Like, I think if he wins the Heisman, he gets a statue. Yeah, and so and so. I mean, he is the so yes, that is not a hyperbolic statement, which is crazy. That is not a hyperbolic statement that he is the player of the day. There's so much other context that goes into his relevance. You know, the school that can never have a quarterback, the school that can never have a modern offense. Like, he's the player that represents all of that. And look no further than the video of them arriving at the airport to know what this meant to the state of Louisiana. I cannot tell you. I did so much radio and remotes and everywhere I went last week. I cannot tell you how many people just were telling me like T-Bob we need this like we need this like this is our opportunity this is the year the stars of line we need this and so to fo- then follow through on it in the way that the team did it is uh, like I said spectacular it's one of my favorite sporting memories I will ever have and you know what I loved you know what I loved first off I loved Coach O's speech after the game because guess what that's how locker rooms are and don't don't be worried that Alabama heard it don't be be happy that Alabama heard it. That's literally the entire point of what he said, is you don't need to walk on eggshells anymore. And you know what else I loved? The, uh, the the players going over to the Alabama recruits. That was... And say basically saying... I'm not an LSU fan. That was a hey, badass moment. Hey, what are you doing? Come over here. That was pretty badass. Come over here. I, and I want to I know... We didn't get... We got Thad Moss, but Thad Moss came over later, and he laughed about it. We talked to him about yeah. it. And he's like... 
But I want to talk to Marcel and Grant Delpit because they were the two who, like, I think Marcel was the one who, like, went over. Which makes sense because he would know those guys, right? Like, he's oh, yeah. the one that he was that just. even said he knows some of them. Yeah, because yeah, he was, like, just hitting the recruiting circuit with those guys last year. And Grant Delpit was, like, getting a little shit talky. That was a, that was actually a very cool power play. And I want to know, like, you could see, like, the Alabama like, was student like, worker. The, the Alabama student workers were, like, so, like, stressed, too. There's this little girl in front. You can tell she's, like, oh, like, she, like, doesn't know what to do. I she's, like, should I put a stop to this? Oh, because yeah. I want to see, because I bet the players thought they're, like, Alabama players. Yeah, I bet they were laughing. I bet they're, yes, like, that's dude, they're not. You're, when you're a recruit, you're not, even, even me, I was, like, you know, I grew up a hardcore LSU fan, but. When I go to visit to Georgia, I'd be cheering. You know, it's it's like it's like whatever. You you don't you 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 feel like a free agent. You're not really married to any one team. So yeah, they weren't like upset that Alabama uh, yeah. that Alabama lost. But um, yeah, I, th- I just thought that was a cool moment. And I do wonder if O had a part in that, or if that was just or like uh, maybe when the recruiting personnel guys were like, hey, hey, hey yeah, yeah, yeah if that was just natural. It's a, it's a heady, but, it's a heady play. But then all, again, like Marcel way. Brooks is leading. Marcel Brooks is a little spontaneous human being, so <laughs> as we know uh, from his dance. <laughs> um, and congratulations to you, Brody, on Indiana being ranked first time in my entire lifetime. Wow, twenty five years, unbelievable. Yeah, then they're going to lose the pencil. I thought you were supposed to be an objective journalist. How can you be celebrating? No, here's what I'll say. It's actually funny. My entire like life. Being an IU, like it's been sarcastic. Like I talk about <laughs> IU football sarcastically because it's the worst. It's literally the worst Power Five college football program ever. Really? Was it Rutgers? First off, Rutgers only been Power Five for about seven years. Oh, okay. Start okay, there, okay. but also okay, Rutgers okay. has had better. Rutgers has been a top ten team before. Yeah. You know, like Indiana leads college football in losses. It has it ha- the the longest uh, ranked streak next to Indiana was I'm pretty sure like I forget the team but it was about 11 years. Wow. IU was 25. Wow. Like I used ne- like Kansas for example. Kansas had crazy runs before. Northwestern's had Rose Bowl runs before. Yeah. Indiana, they are literally a laughing stock. So it's pretty So anyway, so it's always been sarcastic and now all of a sudden it's like do I embrace like am I a fan? Like am I actually yes. a fan? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's been fun. Let yourself be. You can be uh, there's no problem with you cheering for Indiana. Yeah, but what if Indiana makes the playoff against LSU? You know? I mean, then, oh, God, <laughs> then I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, man. Uh, no, uh, okay, so we have to go. But, yeah, don't worry. Look, next week we'll get more into playoffs and whatnot. Uh, this was a game, and obviously Ole Miss doesn't deserve to be talked about. Um, whatever. They're going to they're gonna whoop their ass. Uh, <laughs> but you're showing the driver's seat. You could lose, and it, it wouldn't even matter. Um but yeah, that is a that that was a it was a legendary night. But okay, last this is a great way to close it because this is how this is the attitude that I got out of that building yesterday. That's going to be key to going forward. They seem like they've already flushed it and moved on a bit. Seemed like it. Yeah. Um, it seems like even after the game, like when Rashard Lawrence, there, but. yeah, like but when Rashard Lawrence is on the field, like man, it feels great, but. You know, we got bigger goals like that. that really that, good Richard impression, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, that that to me speaks to really good leadership, and I think leadership is the key to focusing and moving past a win like this. And you know, I think leadership's been one of the hallmarks of this team this year. Yeah. So we'll find out, though. We'll find out we'll how. Find out. Uh, That's the best way to end it. How moved on they have, uh, which they're going to beat the shit out of Ole Miss. I think this is our tightest pod yet. We were on schedule. We did our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. We showed up to the occasion. I, I last agree. week was a little all over the place. Oh, no. Last week was incredible. That was part of the year, bro. It's part of the year. No, I loved it. Uh, part of the year. Come we weren't on. very structured. What do you, what do you we, were pretty, we were pretty structured. Today. Um, part of the year. All right, though. Everybody have a great day. Uh, I'm excited to go watch The Mandalorian later today. Um, if you enjoy the Hold That Podcast podcast, hashtag HTPP. 
Uh, go ahead and share it to your friends. And we should be on iTunes soon. I think I figured it out. Uh, finally, I, I, I did the legwork that I was not willing to do for a long time. I was trying to get somebody else to do it. I said like three times, it. man. Like, I can handle it. You never does. Uh, I don't I'm, think you've ever actually said that. I think you're just saying that now into the mic to have no, it on I've record you, that you did. You can, I'll show you the receipts. Okay. Okay. Well, we will check the receipts. Yeah. Um, either way, though, everybody have a great day. Spread the word if you like Thanks, it. Guys. Hold that podcast. Podcast. And uh, we will be back next Tuesday. Holla.